Welcome to Dynasty Theory, your source for everything Dynasty fantasy football. With your hosts, John Bauer. I'm looking to sell everybody price dependent. Dan LaMagna. Too much dysfunction in Cleveland. And Mitch Sorensen. Well, it's hard to compete with excellence. Welcome back to another episode of Dynasty Theory, a proud member of the Ross Tucker Football Podcast Network. I'm your host, John Bauer. Find me on Twitter at The Bauer Club. Remember, our Patreon, the Dynasty Theory Patreon with a ton of exclusive content. It's $5 per month, free for the rest of September. Come in, check it out. Give it a little test ride. Let us know what you think. Dynasty tiers, annual projections, in-season weekly usage reports, quarterly happy hours, watch parties. We've been doing that. I think we've had like four watch parties already. Mm-hmm. Everybody in there loves it. And we have a ton more. Click the link in the episode description, YouTube, podcast feed. Get more details there. I am joined by none other than the cowboy. I don't even know. Fanatic isn't even enough. Dan Lamagna, what is going on, Dan? Good times, JB. I'm excited to be here with you, gents, tonight, man. It's you know, it's kind of like that time of the week where I do look forward to just our opening thoughts here, and it just kind of flipped the switch to next week. I like processing everything we just sponged from last week. On a personal note, I had like the trifecta there. My high school team, I'll give a little shout out to the Lakeland Chiefs, 3-0, and you know, so I was proud of my, my boys. My University of Georgia Bulldogs, the, you know, they're top ranked and looking good, and the Cowboys came off an exciting win. But we're here to talk about fantasy football and, you know, redraft. I have three contenders and two pretenders. A little, some bounce back this week, but still fighting the fight. Dynasty, I'm feeling pretty good. Still over 500. I, I have more contenders that I'm confident in, and some teams I just want to blow up, but uh, – overall good and dfs man i just need some more coach mccarthy uh, mojo moments to to get me going here so I'm, I'm i'm looking for some mojo tonight if you're counting on coach mccarthy for the mojo dan you might be waiting for <laughs> for some time and to fill the time we're being joined again tonight by mitch Sorensen. what's going on mitch man all the dance teams are winning like the utah Utes suck they're losing to like mountain west schools and detroit lions are never gonna win a game and so Last weekend was horrible for DFS for me, so I'm just ready for week three. Can we just, like, skip the next couple days and just, you know, get to real football again? I'd be okay with that, and I don't want to talk about the Steelers, the Pitt Panthers, losing to Western Michigan. Holy cow. <laughs> anybody, that, if anybody, and I doubt it, but if anybody watched that game, it was like slant, 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 and Pitt couldn't stop them. I don't want to talk about Pitt football anymore. It will put me in a, a depression here. But tonight, we do want to talk about a little bit of Dynasty fact or fiction, kind of putting a fun spin on some of the narratives we've been seeing, but also just how things have changed so quickly over two weeks. And we always talk about Dynasty is such a long-term game, but what happened last week, what happened yesterday, what's going to happen tomorrow, I always joke, if a player uh, has a really great bowel movement. They're going to rise in rankings. And it's the dumb stuff that, that we see and we talk about, but it really is the, the short-term outcomes really play such a pivotal role and impact on these players. And the first player I want to talk about, so what we're going to do, I'm going to throw a statement out to you guys and we can start anyway. Dan, let's start with you on the first one. I want you to let me know if it's fact or fiction And no hedging your bets. Tonight, September 21st, 2021, I want you to plant your flag on every single situation we go through tonight. All right, you guys ready? I'm feeling feeling confident tonight, JB. No No, hedging. No hedging. 
No hedging. Put the Clippers away. Don't worry about the hedges tonight. We're going full force. Pick a side. Dan, I'm starting with you. Clyde Edwards-Alaire is a top 18 dynasty running back today for you. First flag plan of the night, man. No hedging. That is fiction, JB. I am not sure he was top 18 before the season. All right. He was in the eight top 18 range in my rankings, but he has not helped himself in the first two weeks in this past happy Chiefs offense. So, you know, you have a player that was kind of on the cusp for me going in despite an improved O-line. It's just not happening. Fiction here. How about our boy, Mitch? I completely agree. It's fiction. You know, I had him probably about top 15 to start the year, but now and I think every week we move forward for here, and he, if he just has average weeks, I'm going to drop him below Acres. I'm going to drop him below Dobbins. I'm going to drop below ETN because I could tell myself a story about those guys. Like, I think we just know who CH is and who CH is in this offense, and it's not someone that I want on my teams at all. I mean, I was trading him away for Josh Great. Jacobs today, and I do not like Josh Jacobs, but at least I know I'm going to get points with him. Did you get that trade done? I did, yep. With Darnell Mooney included? I got, so for everyone knows, it was a 12-team league. I got Darnell Mooney and Josh Jacobs for Sterling Shepard and Clyde Edwards-Alaire. And I think that's a win. And again, just like you talked about, I'm not a Josh Jacobs supporter by any means. Mm -hmm. But you look at Clyde Edwards-Alaire, and I talked about it with the Patreon. Every week I'm putting together weekly usage from uh, dropbacks, pass attempts, routes run, routes per dropback, week over week percentage changes if they're in the slot out wide, in line, uh, receiving yards per drop back, yards per route run, uh, average depth of target, rushing market share, week over week target share. I'm, I'm rattling through the spreadsheet, and you guys know I start talking about numbers. I get all excited inside. I get that warm, fuzzy feeling inside the five carries, between the six and 10, between the 11 and 20, targets inside the 20. So talking about that and looking at the usage two weeks in, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, week one, he was okay in terms of usage, ran a route on 68% of the dropbacks, 13% target share. And if you're talking about a 13% target share for most running backs, we are ecstatic. You go to week two, down to 50% usage in terms of routes run, 0% target share. And it wasn't because he wasn't open. There were situations where it felt like Patrick Mahomes was staring right at him, saw it was Clyde and said, I'm going to go a different direction here. And one thing I've talked about is the usage inside the five for running backs. And I think that's critical. And it's one reason we all still love Jonathan Taylor. Derrick Henry still get, getting the job done. Aaron Jones, we just saw it last night on Monday Night Football. Two carries inside the 20 so far in two weeks for Clyde Edwards-Alaire. Neither of them inside the five. And he doesn't have a red zone target. That is not instilling confidence in me. So this is going to be a clean sweep. And I was even, I was a little bit lower on Clyde Edwards-Alaire coming into the season. But how many times did you guys hear, let's give him the benefit of the doubt. The offensive line, there were some opt-outs. There were some injuries. There were things that needed to work itself out. And, hey, he, he was so unlucky. Regression, the, the touchdowns, the, the, the number of rushes he had inside the five, he's going to bounce back. But what happens if he doesn't get those rushes inside the five? What happens then? And that's what we're seeing. That's what we're living. That's playing out. So, top 18, all of us say no. But I want to throw you guys through a quick rapid fire. Dan, I want to go through you for the entire list here 
and then we'll bounce over to Mitch. Clyde Edwards Alaire today, straight up. You you look to make a, a move and you look to pivot and you wanted to get something added, maybe, but it didn't work out. So straight up, these are your options. Clyde Edwards Alaire or Austin Eckler. Eckler. Joe Mixon. Mixon. J.K. Dobbins. Dobbins. Because if I'm not a contender, I mean, if I need if I don't need points right now, Dobbins. That was one of the ones where it's that, that gray area. Miles Sanders. You shouldn't, even, you shouldn't even think about this. The usage has been fantastic for Miles. Go, I'm a Cowboys fan. The, that, that one stung, but I'll go Miles. David Montgomery. Monty. Josh Jacobs. Jacobs. And I love that Mitch made that trade. Just really quick on Jacobs. I know it's rapid fire, but he was a guy that I was really down on with the Raiders. But what a shift in the Las Vegas Raiders. I really doubted what that O-line could do. And, and, and I'm drinking some Kool-Aid here after two weeks, man. So good trade, Mitch. I'm going back to the compliment, Mitch. Thank you. Kareem Hunt. I'll still go with Hilaire. And then this is where it gets a little tricky because the injuries, and we have the injury for J.K. Dobbins, but it's a little more unclear for these two guys. Cam Akers. Same premises as Dobbins. I'd go with Akers. Travis Etienne. Same thing, Etienne. All right, so Lungs, the only guy, the only one, it was the, the really the last one on my list here, Kareem Hunt, you're still taking Clyde towards Hilaire. And I am on board with that, just for the record. All right, Mitch. Eckler. Eckler. Mixon. Mixon. Dobbins. CH right now, but it's going to be Dobbins soon. There was a trade I recently made, and I think it was post-week one. Again, that usage looked somewhat intriguing, and I was okay with the way he was thrown out there in week one. And it was a trade involving me sending Dobbins away and getting CEH. And, eh, might have to revisit my thoughts on that one overall. Javante Williams. Oh, Javante. Yep. Miles Sanders. Sanders. David Montgomery. Montgomery. Josh Jacobs. Jacobs. Akers. It's going to take CEH right now. ETN. Same. CEH. And then Kareem Hunt. CEH. Yeah. So and what are your... Oh, go ahead, Mitch. I was just going to say, I mean... And it's just because we're going into week three of the season and I could talk myself into, at least I'm getting points for CH this year and I could try to, are, go are we just I, a I few? I, well, I, okay. We'll get point, maybe not plural points, but we'll get, you know, one or two. And so right now I could talk myself into UCH for the year. He's going to get 50%, but it's still 50%. That's better than zero. But the further we get into the year, the far easier it's going to be for me to talk myself into those injured guys. Yep. As the season progresses, they always seem to gain value, mm -hmm. especially if it's going to be an acres or ETN. Hey, there's a couple workout videos. There's some hype pieces. Now their value starts to recoup a little bit before they even see the field. Mitch, I want to ask you here. I have, and I got to throw my word out there pivots. I have two pivots here and based off of what we've seen up to this point, both have gained a little bit of value here from a dynasty perspective. What needs added if you're going to move Clyde Edwards Alaire to Devin Singletary today? Oh, I'm still from giving a, a lot. But see, from a production standpoint, like Singletary has been fantastic. Mm -hmm. And I talk about the usage. He's getting he's getting run. He is. Yeah. I mean, if I could see him breaking off those 50 yard runs each week, I would buy it to a little bit more. But it's still going to be, I think, Allen most of the time in the red zone. He's going to be taking a lot of those rushes in. We just haven't seen that happen a lot to begin this year. But it's also the teams that Buffalo has been playing. I think that's kind of added to it a little bit. So, yeah, for me, it would 
an early second because I don't think, yeah, it would have to be the 201, 202 with Singletary for me to even consider it. What are your thoughts on, and I don't even know if this could get done today, but moving Clyde Edwards Alaire and a 2022 second for Singletary and a 2023 first? Do you think that could get done? And would you even want it to happen? I would want the first. Yeah, if I'm getting that 23 first, that class is getting better and better every single day. So, yeah, I would definitely go for the first. Are you moving CEH straight up for a 2023 first today? 12-team Superflex, let's assume that. I would assume I'm probably competing, so probably no, not right now. But honestly, if my team was really bad and I'm rebuilding, I could see myself taking that chance. If I can look at that 23 first and be like, look, I don't have faith in CEH. It's going to actually make this other team worse and I get to get there first because of it. (laughs) Then that might be a trade that I make, but it would have to be, I know I'm rebuilding for the next two years. And then Dan, I want to throw one more pivot opportunity to you. And I saved this one specifically for you, Tony Pollard. What needs added to Tony Pollard for you to say, Hey, here's Clyde Edwards, Alaire. Let's get this deal done today. Let's get you in that car today, Dan. (laughs) You know, I'm going to say similar, but a little bit more excited than that Singletary concept there. You know, you give me that 23 first with the Pollard, I'm sleeping very well at night. I would definitely move CEH for a 22 first. I think, you know, there are still some people that will roll the dice on him, so I try to move him. Singletary, I have accepted that he's, you know, the the poor man's 1A and over my boy Moss, you know. But Moss did come back into the picture last week with some short yardage work and, and goal line, so... Singletary's kind of like Hunt. Like, I just, what are you going to do with him? Yeah, I'm happy if he's on my team, but I'm not really looking to obtain him unless it's, you know, it falls in my lap. So, you know, Tony Pollard, man, I, you know, I'm interested to see how things go in Dallas, you know, moving forward. And I know he's getting a lot of hype. You know, people have been talking him up for three years now. So finally, he's starting to get a little bit of usage, but still, I think people are sleeping on Zeke. And we've talked about that in recent episodes here. But the idea behind getting that 2023 first or 2022 first, while you're getting a single terrier Pollard, maybe you're not missing out on that many points this season, if any, but you're also getting that insulated value that we talk about constantly. So it's kind of like it's it's a wash this year, and then you get that that value boost in the pick later. So it, it's a something that I was just thinking about earlier today. But to wrap up this thought, Clyde Edwards Alaire not a top 18 dynasty running back. And I'm going to see if I can go out there and move my few shares and I'll report back like I always do. Mitch, this guy, we have talked about him constantly in the dynasty theory discord, which is completely free. In addition to the Patreon, David Montgomery today is a top 12 dynasty running back fiction. And I actually don't, think there's a way he's going to be unless he's like a top three back this year because the top 12 like the last four or five you're looking at Harris Swift Gibson Eckler Mixon types right I just can't put Montgomery over any of them and so I think he's right there 13 to 15 but I cannot put him above those other guys the notes I have and this is going to be much quicker than the CEH one this is not an indictment on David Montgomery I'm at like 25% roster ship. Love the guy. I've been talking about him for two plus years now. And it's just a matter of who is he going to go over? So Mitch, I'm 
completely there with you on that one. Uh, what is that going to look like when Justin Fields gets in? How's that offense really going to transpire and, and perform on a weekly basis? Who's Justin Fields going to favor? Is it going to be heavy usage of running backs in the, the passing game? Is Damian Williams going to still get some run because he has these first two weeks? Yeah, his usage and opportunity decreased from week one to week two with David Montgomery seeing about a 15% increase in routes run over the last two weeks. But there is that concern there. And like you said, it's kind of like Chris Carson. We've talked about that so many times. It doesn't matter what some of these guys do. Their value just isn't there. So we could talk about, and we're going to get there with the rapid fire, the players that we would feel comfortable moving him for one for one. But is it something we'd even want to do? And again, all other options explored, you're not going to be able to get something added one way or the other. So we'll get there in a second. Dan, David Montgomery today is a top 12 dynasty running back. David Montgomery's he's another one of those really, probably one of the most interesting fantasy football subjects we could talk about. I really enjoyed his film coming out of college. And it's been like one of those roller coasters, kind of like the, you know, the, the quarterback situation we were talking about all offseason. But uh, for me, it is fiction. Uh, I think Mitch saved himself with saying, you know, that 13 to 15 range because it's fiction for top 12. But I do believe he's knocking on the door. If a Monty Truther came on, uh, you know, in one of our chats and made an argument, I wouldn't say they're off base in their rankings because, you know, like Mitch, I agree. I wouldn't put him there right now. You talk about a guy like Eckler, but I do see a, a scenario where he could pass a couple of those guys. So it's going to be interesting to watch. I definitely say fiction for top 12 but he is knocking on the door. We're going to have to see continued usage in the passing game, the red zone upside, the inside, the five upside. He's off to a really hot start. Five carries in the last two games inside the red zone. Hopefully that continues for David Montgomery and hopefully for our shares and specifically mine. I mean, yours too, Mitch and Dan, but more worried about number one here. Hopefully we see that spike in value. All right, Mitch, we're going to start with you this time. A lot of the same names because when you look at value, David Montgomery and CEH aren't too far off, but David Montgomery or Miles Sanders today? Even Sanders, Sanders, if I have to choose. Even I said no hedges. I know. And Mitch That's is why coming I changed. out. All right, Miles Sanders, Javante Williams. I actually have all three of them in the exact same tier, but I'm going to go with <laughs> Montgomery. <laughs> uh, J.K. Dobbins. Oh, Montgomery. Mixon. Mixon. Eckler. Eckler. Zeke. Zeke. Aaron Jones. Montgomery. Oh, even after that big performance last night. And then another big performance, Derrick Henry. Oh, Derrick Henry. Yeah. Well right. above Monty. All right. Dan, you're making a face over there. David Montgomery or Miles Sanders right now. It was Monty yesterday. Never mind right now. Javante Williams. Monty. Close one, though. Monty. J.K. Dobbins. Monty. Mixon. Mixon. Eckler. Although that Bengals O-line, huh? Eckler. Zeke. Pray Eckler could stay healthy, and I will stick with Zeke. Did I have to even ask that one? Aaron Jones. Aaron Jones. I like that. Derrick Henry. King Henry always. All right, in two pivot opportunities, Mitch, what are your thoughts on maybe if I have Antonio Gibson moving him for David Montgomery plus, and what does that plus have to look like? I hate that you brought up Gibson because we talked about this in the discord so many times. There are Jonathan Taylor truthers and there's a lot of them, but then there are Antonio Gibson truthers who are like, he is the greatest back to ever play the game. And you don't dare tell them otherwise. And so with Gibson, 
I always want that little bit of extra because I know there's going to be one. So I wouldn't do Montgomery in a second. It would have to be maybe Montgomery and DJ Shark, something like that, something that's in between that second and first rage, maybe Tyler Boyd. If that's I, just I was going to ask about Boyd. Yeah. yeah, I was going to ask about Boyd because they're similarly valued in my mind. Dan, what needs added to David Montgomery if you were shipping off the struggling Saquon Barkley? Man, I'm still stuck on the first one there. I was really liking that Gibson one there. I don't, I don't know if I would pay as much as Mitch. I, I think maybe just a few receivers lower in the ranking to do that deal. If we're talking the mighty Saquon, oh man, with Monty to to get to acquire Saquon. No, no, other, uh, no, 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 other, no, other no, way around. I'm other way around. Right. So what do I need? So, so now I definitely need the more premier receiver. But I'm trying to think what's real. Oh. Amari. Yeah. I would definitely be happy with my Amari, you know, DJ Moore, Terry McLaurin, someone in that range. Would you guys do David Montgomery? So you're moving Saquon Barkley. And I know it's blasphemous to even mention the fact that Saquon Barkley is anything less than a Greek God, but would you move Saquon Barkley, Mitch for David Montgomery and CEH? No, <laughs> no, I would not do that. Ooh. I'm not getting CH anywhere. Like, his what about Chris, what been... about Chris Carson? What you're, you're oh um, yeah, so you're a winnish now team, and this really rounds out your running back room. I would have to be like so set at wide receiver, and knowing that I could lose Carson at any point, but thinking the push from Montgomery could help. Then yes, but I mean that one's really team specific. Last one here, last one here, Dan, Mike Evans and David Montgomery. Would you move Saquon Barkley for that duo there? Yeah. Evans has got a few more good years in him. That, that's a lot of production. And, and I, I just want to add him, and this is for probably another show, but i like for us to kind of keep an eye on it in, in the upcoming weeks. As you mentioned, Saquon Barkley, Antonio Gibson, and Jonathan Taylor, who are three mega talents but one of the things i was really thinking about today is just it was more from a dfs angle but it is for dynasty too is all that talent in the world doesn't mean anything if you don't have the opportunity you, you know i mean how, how much are you going to overpay if that's an, if that situation is not going to change and how long could you wait for it to change maybe it changes in new york a little bit sooner because i could see them having a short lease short leash with their clapper and the gm you know they might make some moves this offseason that maybe that we get excited about barkley again but I don't see a change in Indianapolis or Washington anytime soon. Yeah. So let's keep an eye on them in the upcoming weeks. If you know, that situation remains uh, frustrating. Good point. Yeah. Saquon Barkley, especially with the underwhelming performance, the first two weeks did get that uptick in usage in week two and the opportunity. He was on the field a heck of a lot more than a week one. And for the most part, we expected that gradual transition into more of a full-time workload here in 2021. All right. Uh, we start with Mitch last one, Dan. Mike Williams, a hot topic right now. Mike Williams will end the 2021 season in points scored as a top 12 wide receiver. And as a result, will be a top 24 dynasty wide receiver when we hit those early startups in January. I mean, January, that's that's late at that point for us. But we'll say it's early startups, January 2022. Mike Williams, top 24 receiver at that point in time. JB, I've always liked Mike Williams. I, I, I know, know you have. We, we, we know that, but there's just so much fiction going on in the show tonight that I'm going to stay on the fiction train here. 
You might I as well just... call me R.L. Stein writing all these fiction <laughs> novels. I think we're on to something, man. But um, it, I just say there's a reminder of how deep the wide receiver position is. In two weeks, two good weeks, this isn't a large enough sample size for me to jump 30, 40 spots in, in rankings. Again, I like Mike Will. I love his quarterback. It's his contract season. So there's a lot to like here. But he's on the outside of those rankings for me. I, I, I say at least like that 24 to 36 range at this time. And he needs the Chargers to resign him. If not, the Chiefs, Cardinals, or Cowboys to hold that ranking going into next year. Mitch, let's say the Chargers do resign him. And let's just say for the, the, the sake of argument, he finishes as a top 12 receiver. Even though it seems like he might get injured on any, any given play, I've never seen somebody catch the ball with such ferocity and slam against the ground every single time. But he's healthy the entire season. He plays 17 games, which I don't think he's done up to this point in his career. Top 12 receiver. He gets a nice, fat, juicy extension. He's only 26 years old. Does he hit that top 24? Or is that still too high? You're on mute. Mute. He's muted for a reason. <laughs> I was looking up his contract. I want to make sure that I was right on this. And then it's a fact. It's a fact whether the Chargers resign him or not, in my opinion. This is contingent on the top 12 finish. Well, let's go back to that. Do you think he could finish top 12 this year? Sure. I, I don't think he's going to be top eight or anything, but I could see top 12. Yeah. There's enough touchdowns in that offense. And the reason why I say this is because I think there is a top 20 wide receiver, top 20 wide receivers right now that they're pretty set, right? I mean, some are going to drop out, but there's a top 20 that I feel very comfortable with. After that, I really don't care where you rank these wide receivers. They could go up, down, whatever, depending on what happens. But if you're going to tell me that Mike Williams, he's going to be what? So he'll be 27 going into next year, free agent, gets a big contract, shows up. He has all the talent. He has the draft capital we all like. He has everything we want. He's going to go up that high. Galladay was moving up in that area, and he went to the Giants, and he didn't have the draft capital that we liked. He just had the nickname that we liked. So I think there is a definite possibility it's going to happen. And I can't say fiction all night. We got to go fact a couple times. This is the fact. Dan, I, I see the red flag ready to be thrown. Let me just say one thing. So far, and because I, I take the time and put all this time into the spreadsheet, I'm going to throw some of these numbers out. Through two weeks, there are only two wide receivers that have at least three targets inside the 10-yard line. So your team's inside the 10-yard line, three targets. Mike Williams, can you guess the other one? Who has He has four, this other gentleman. Mike Evans. A.J. Green. Oh, Oh, he has wow. four targets inside the 10. Uh, but Mike Williams sitting there at three, the only other guy w- with three so far to start the season. That's the usage we like. It's no longer just hope for a 50-yard bomb and Mike Williams catches it. We're getting that that usage inside the 10 close to the end zone. But, Dan, you have a red flag. Yes. Uh, toss. This is a two, the flag is meant to us. This is a two week sample size here. Mitch Sorensen has not had Mike Williams anywhere near those top rankings, definitely before this season, not even after week one. And now we're going week two. And this is when. No, 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 no. But that is his top 24 in January. Not right, not, no, not right now. He's not going to end the season top 12, and he's not going to be a top 24 next year. 
more likely than not. And that is what I'm challenging. And Mitch said it's fact that it's going to happen where he's going to finish top 12 this year. Mind you, week one, it was against Washington. Their offense, their defense has not been what it's been cracked up to be. So we, we, weak match up there. Keenan Allen played in the slot versus, versus Kendall Fuller, their best corner. So the matchup was better for Mike Will in week one. Week two versus Dallas, Coach Quinn won that game for the Cowboys versus the Chargers by putting Parsons down to DN with a great pass rush, putting their best corner digs on Keenan Allen, and he, who still had 100 yards. But So Mike was going to eat versus the other Dallas secondary guys. You know what I'm saying? And then you still have health a question. He's, he's not 22, 23, 24 years old. There's just too many things there with the two-week sample size for Mitch Sorensen to be that factual tonight, JB. So would you be looking to cash out? Let's say week three against the Chiefs, we, we have a real barn burner, even though we expected a barn burner in week two against Dallas. It was a little underwhelming. I'm sure it crushed you in DFS, Dan, not to bring up bad memories. But in week three, let's say we have a shootout. Mike Williams comes up big. Are you looking to ship him off? Because I have to believe, Dan, that you still have shares on your rosters. There are some shares and come get some, okay? Remember that when you come get my Mike Williams shares that Mitch Sorensen said, it's a fact that he's going to be a top 12 wide receiver this year. So you better pay up. Yeah, give me those points. That offense isn't going to slow down. That's the thing is like this. They still get to play the Chiefs. They're going to play the Raiders. And I mean, the Broncos are probably like they're, hardest matchup they're going to have this whole year but even then they have to cover keenan like you said williams is going to be more than fine and i and the big thing is wide receivers move up and down constantly in our rankings i mean we have to be able to say like mike thomas can be the wide receiver one and now he could be the wide receiver 25 four months later i'm making a note right now look for offers to mitch for mike will got it please do and you know one thing that's really interesting? It's the way Mike Williams has been utilized. First two weeks, 9.7 average depth of target and 10 yards for average depth of target. Keenan Allen overall has a higher A dot than Mike Williams. And if you would just think, hey, who's getting those deep down the field shots? Not that Keenan Allen's necessarily getting deep down the field shots, but they are deeper than Mike Williams. So, uh, and then we have a, a comment in the chat from Charles. Mike Williams isn't a good new home wide receiver candidate. I want him to stay in Los Angeles. We talked about this throughout the offseason that even Justin Herbert came out on multiple occasions saying, I didn't really have the rapport with Mike Williams. We didn't really get into that groove. Hopefully throughout the offseason, we can kind of build that. And we've seen that early this season. So hopefully it does continue. And Mitch, you know, Dan's going to be giving you a hard time here as the season progresses on this so, one. So here's what's going to happen. J- just a quick preview to 2022. We're going to have Matt Corral. He's going to come in, right? And then we're going to get Gallup to be the wide receiver one. We're going to have Mike Williams be the wide receiver two in, in Detroit. And boom, top five offense. That- See where this is all stemming from? This is Mitch's okay. homerisms for his Lions. He's got a vision. He's got a vision. I, I, Mitch, I think you need to start uh, looking at GM positions here. But I, hopefully, I gotta admit real quick, I always want to say Matt Coral. Like it just I, rolls I, I, off I your tongue a lot I do better. Too. You know me. I, I say Kamara, Kamara, Jonu, Jonu. I'm going to say Coral, Corral, but it doesn't matter. I'm going to make up names. All right, Mitch, let's put it to the test here. Mike Williams or Julio Jones today in Dynasty? Oh, Mike Williams. Mike Williams or Corey Davis? Mike Williams. Adam Thielen. Adam Thielen. You love Adam Thielen. Tyler Boyd. All he does is score touchdowns. Uh, Mike Williams. 
Terrace Marshall. Mike Williams. Rashad Bateman. Mike Williams. Rondale Moore. Rondale Moore. Chase Claypool. Uh, Mike Williams. And again, I want to specify for everybody listening and keeping track at home, this isn't necessarily, at least in my perspective, my point of view, that I'm going to go out and, and offer that straight up first first crack at it. If I have Chase Claypool, I'm yeah, still going to try to get something out of it. Dan is so upset right now. I, I want to challenge your list there. That, was, that wasn't even like top 12, top 24 receivers overall. I mean, a couple were were in there, but you know, I was hoping but, but, for a little harder Dan, list for Mitch. Dan, 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 Dan. Yeah, Mitchell no, nobody is saying he is top 24 today. Unless my He's calendar be is... next year per it, Mitch. Mitch, there's the pop. Every episode, Dan. This year. Every episode, Dan, your microphone pops at least once. Um, no, but unless my up. calendar is busted here, it's September. It's not January. So why would I put him up? Oh, do you want Mike Williams or DeAndre Hopkins? Oh, let's, let's well, not Hopkins. But I mean, you could have went Robert Woods, Tyler Lockett, uh, DJ Shark. I'm saying guys ranked a little bit higher to, to put Mitch on the spot for where he is saying he factually is. I don't, I don't think I don't think anybody is taking DJ Shark over Ronda Moore, Chase Claypool, hell, even Corey Davis at this point in time. I agree with the Rondell Moore one. And, you oh know, Clay, Claypool was interesting, but you gave like 10 names there. Seven of them were like, eh, you know, with it. Eh, you know. So today I have Mike Williams in that 38 to 40 tier. And I think that is fair. He's has he moved up a little bit over the last two weeks? Sure. But that wasn't the question. The question was in January top 12. So you got to put Mitch on the spot. Come on, Mitch. Give me that challenge there. JJB took it easy on you. Say, tell JB that he took it easy on you. I think they're great questions because I got to say Mike Williams for every single one of them. All right, Mitch. Do you want Tyree killer? I mean, I don't even under Tyree kill JB. Now, now we're exaggerating. I, I don't understand the point of this challenge. Why would I not put him up against players that people see as similar values today? I'm just thinking you should have spiked it a little bit more to you make know, it a I little bit You know, I have a factor fiction for you, Dan. Okay. Today, if you had to pick for your dynasty team, would you rather have Allen Robinson or Hollywood Brown? <laughs> now Alan it's Robinson. A- Hollywood has looked fantastic. I, I would say right it's now, so bothersome. It's so bothersome. You're, that's a blast from the past there. Uh, Good one, Mitch. Good one. Hollywood looked absolutely fantastic. <laughs> and it's going back to like week 12 or 13 last year. Mm-hmm. And he came up big for me. Uh, and we have one more Mike Williams comment here. Biggest downside is just waiting for him to hurt himself. I know. He's had a thousand yard season and a 10 touchdown season, just hasn't put those together. Yep. Separate seasons for those two different thresholds and again knock on wood let's see him stay healthy let's see what he's got for a full season and not being injured but apparently dan thinks it's january and we have to look at mike williams (laughs) as a top 24 receiver man i i hope we get so many negative reviews on the podcast saying that dan guy he doesn't listen to the host man he just doesn't listen at all someone out there will understand I don't think any fact or fiction. Dan's had like 10 beers before this episode. Apparently. I don't know. All right, Mitch, I want to start with you on this one. This for our man, Packy here. Packy now bears fan. Maybe. I don't know. Darnell Mooney will outproduce in 2021 from a fantasy perspective, chase Claypool and pass him in dynasty value. Fiction. That's why I had to go fact with the last one. This one's fiction too. To both or, or one. 
I, I mean, I think their fantasy points are going to be close. So sure, he could beat him, but I don't think he's going to beat out Claypool. A big reason for it is I don't think Allen Robinson is going to end up leaving now. I think with Fields there, he's going to end up re-signing. So that means Mooney's going to be the wide receiver too. And you could easily talk yourself into Claypool. We see Juju leaving, and then it's Deontay Johnson, another receiver who is always injured. And then you could make an easy case for Claypool being the one in that offense moving forward next year. So I think that would be, even if they're perfectly aligned, you know, this season going into next year, that's going to be the offseason talk is Claypool can do all of these things that Mooney can't. And I think that's going to end up making Claypool valued a little bit higher. I agree with you. And I think Claypool is going to kind of get the benefit of the doubt with, well, he's a deep ball receiver with Ben Roethlisberger at the tail end of his career, throwing him those deep balls and offensive line, not necessarily giving him as much time as we would like for Claypool to get down there. And if he's going to see eight targets a game, which I don't think he does, but if he does, that's a tremendous opportunity. And he really just needs Deontay Johnson to miss some time and chase Claypool really cements himself there. And the red zone upside, we t- I've talked about it. He was one of the leading receivers in the red zone for usage last year. Does that continue in 2021 with Harris there? Do they rely more on the running game? Do they look to utilize the running back a little bit more? Only time will tell. But so far, Chase Claypool, we really haven't seen that red zone upside to start the season. Dan, do we need to stop drinking this Darnell Mooney Kool-Aid? And is it Chase Claypool over him in Dynasty at the end of the season? I might subconsciously have, you know, Dave Richards from CBS who gave the ultimate Mooney tweet. And, you know, for anyone who follows our Discord closely, Pat, you know, our boy Packy might be subconsciously in my mind right now. But I am going to go fact here, boys. And and, and for these reasons, I think it will be close. I think it's going to be very close. But I think Mooney's going to get more opportunities. Chicago doesn't have a true number three. They barely even have a number three receiver as far as I'm concerned. You know, Marquise Goodwin or whoever else you want to throw in that mix. While James Washington is still cutting into Claypool's snaps, he's not producing, but he's still cutting into his snaps. And then I see Deontay Johnson is a clear number one. Juju is a number two. And Claypool kind of like the, the, the three where Mooney to me is just, again, clear-cut number two. And then you look ahead, you guys, I think you have the promising future of Justin Fields, where I'm concerned about Big Ben and the, 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 you know, the uncertainty around the, the Pittsburgh passing situation. So although it's, it'll be, it's going to be close, I don't, uh, I'm not throwing a flag on Mitch's take here, but I'm going to go fact and take, take the Mooney side and uh, make our boy Packy proud. All right, and I, I really don't feel too strongly one way or the other, but these are players that have been talked about. Darnell Mooney, a lot of hype. Again, like we talked about with David Montgomery, or I mentioned, how is Darnell Mooney going to factor into that offense when Justin Fields really takes over? As he was referred to in our chat, is he going to be Justin Fields' binky that he relies on and and uses there in that offense? And in the limited sample size we saw on Sunday, that could be the case. Mitch, I want to give you a, a little round of applause because I think we're starting to see a shift, and it's in Pittsburgh. Pat Fryermuth. The fantasy output hasn't been there yet. Yes. And I know, I know, Dan, I know you're still talking about Mr. Tommy Tremble. I know you're the trembler over there. Oh, come around. But but for Pat Fryermuth jumping up 20% in terms of his route run. Uh, opportunities. And one thing that is interesting, we talk about Chase Claypool. He hit 30% out of the slot in week one. It dropped 10%. 
And it's because Pat Fryermuth saw almost an identical plus, a positive out of the slot. So if Pat Fryermuth is lining up out of the slot 30 plus percent of the time and only in line 60 percent, that could be bad news for Chase Claypool because now you're moving people around Juju, uh, obviously predominantly out of the slot, even though that really changed uh, at different points. And I know Juju contract year has talked to the coaching staff and it seems like they're giving in a little bit. Hey, let me show my skills in other spots in the field, not just out of the slot. But Pat Fryermuth, I think that's certainly somebody to keep our eyes on. And the fact that he hasn't produced from a fantasy standpoint quite yet, I think it does get there. And I think that gap starts to open up between Eric Ebron and Pat Fryermuth there. I mean, that might be a huge takeaway from this week's podcast is to go out and see if you could get him at his price now before he hits in two or three weeks when he gets the two or three touchdown game. And it, it's it's going to happen. And the opportunity, I think, is going to be there, especially if he is getting the chances in, in different parts of the field. But they have the Bengals this week. Ooh. And I think there's going to be some opportunity there. So maybe Dan, when, when you're doing your DFS and you're building your lineup this week, maybe just look at Pat Fryermuth and see how much he costs there on Sunday against the Bengals. All right, Mitch, uh, Dan, we'll start with you this time. Rondell Moore will be a top 18 dynasty wide receiver in one month from today. So in a little over four weeks, we look at, we look at the rankings and everybody's tiers and their values. Rondell Moore cements himself in the top 18. This is a juicy one here, my friend. This is a juicy one, but I'm going back to fiction here. He has been a top rookie, and he looks like he's in a very good situation with Kyler. Definitely he, his, his stock is rising. He's climbing up the rankings. But to me, when you say top 18, that is reserved for clear number one wide receivers. So I have more in the 24 to 36 range, maybe. Uh, that, you know, that I, I'd sleep well with at night, but not top 18. So fiction, my friend. And I actually think that's the first take I think I can really agree with you on tonight. Mitch, what are your thoughts? I'm going to go with fact. I, we, so we base most of our top 18 stuff when we're talking in the generalities off of the Dynasty League football. They do their mock drafts each month. And I fully believe in October when they do it, Rondell Moore will be a top 18 wide receiver when they do those drafts. It's, do I think he should be? No, like he will not be there for me, but he is someone the dynasty community has loved for years. And he's had two great games. Now, if he has one more semi-productive game, I mean, not even to the point to where he has previously, but and I think they, his, pl- they, pl- they play Jacksonville in week three. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> it's coming. How, they're, how they're using him is brilliant too. Like exactly how you should use Rondell Moore is how they're using him, which is kind of amazing for that coaching staff doing something like that. But I just think the dynasty community is going to buy in and he's going to be a top 18 guy and he is going to be DJ Moore, right. Aver- you know, in that type of class average depth of target through two weeks, four yards. So he is being utilized very close to the line of scrimmage and he has been fantastic after the catch. That's no surprise. And I I think I saw something from PFF. He's at like 14 yards uh, after the catch per reception, which is like four yards more than the second closest so far. So he's doing a lot of damage after the catch and it's kind of resembles AJ Brown's playing style to an extent 
a lot of the damage being done after the reception, but that average depth of target close to the line of scrimmage. The only thing is, and it's been two weeks. So again, this guy like Mike Williams senior here, but AJ green, 85% and 89% of the snaps, Deandre Hopkins. He's not going anywhere. 90 plus percent every week, Christian Kirk, 60 and 73%. So Rondell Moore, they have to find ways to manufacture these scoring opportunities for him. And if he's only sitting at about 60% of routes run on a weekly basis, I hate to say that efficiency can't keep up because time and time again, we've seen guys pop up and I'm, I'm going to go back to AJ Brown over the two yards per route run seemingly every season and Rondell Moore, he's at like four as of now, which is absolutely insane. Uh, again, two weeks in small sample size, but uh, it's something to keep our eyes on. And I think you're right, Mitch. A lot of the love for Rondell Moore is building from that Devi community mm-hmm. and a player that people have loved for three, three plus years now. And now it's coming to fruition and people were ecstatic. They're very excited. So uh, is Max Williams, the Max Williams, anybody to keep our eye on here in tight end premium? I don't want him, but if someone wants to go ahead. He looked like a tackle eligible running the ball. I mean, he was a big boy. So I think that was a little flukish. He's 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 out there though. He he is in he's run more routes than Rondell Moore in two weeks. <laughs> so is Max Williams a top 18 dynasty wide receiver, even though he's a tight end? I digress. All right, Mitch. This one hits close to home for you. It does. The, don't don't the let me end, down, Mitch. Don't let me down. By season's end, and again. Dan, it's only September 21st, so the season has not ended yet. Keep that in mind. (laughs) By season's end, George Kittle will fall out of the top six dynasty tight ends. Not He won't be tight end six. He's going to fall out, so tight end seven or worse. Absolutely not. I mean, I don't care really what he does for the rest of the year. I don't see it. The... I mean, I think there is a set top six with Andrews below... Kittle, Waller, Pitts, you know, all those guys. And he's the only one that I could see coming up and being even with Kittle. So Kittle's like tight end five, tight end six-ish range. You know what I mean? But I do not see any chance Noah Fant. Noah Fant's the only one I could even think of that has a chance to do it. Move ahead of him. The the only really viable option and scenario, and maybe I should have done outside of top four, that would have been a little bit more realistic and not as spicy here. Waller, Kelsey, Hawkinson, Pitts, Fanton, Andrews. Something would have to happen throughout the season. And that's the scenario that, I, in my mind, hey, is it probable? No, but is it possible? Yeah, it's possible. Dan, what are your thoughts here? Let's yeah. say, you know, out of those guys I listed, where does George Kittle rank against them in startups at the end of the season? Yeah, so I'm just going to say thank you, Mitch. You didn't let me down. Very proud of you there because you you had as much conviction on Kittle as anybody going into the season. Um, But it is fiction. Trey Lance in in a soft schedule will arrive in San Francisco, and there's always a home JB in the top six for the best overall tight end in the game. As we see, he's not getting the, you know, consistent volume and and maybe will not lock down, you know, one through three. You know, know, Kelsey's still a beast, hasn't lost a step. Darren Waller gets so much volume and is really a receiver playing tight end. 
and, and, and it's encouraging to see how Kyle Pitts is lining up and the work that he's getting. So, you know, I, I could see an argument where he goes to number four and then, you know, people, you know, Andrews and Hawk are, are, are stud players, but nothing beyond that. So four at worst, but he's a, he's, he's always up there, JB. You don't think five is realistic. Waller, Kelsey, Hawkinson, Pitts. And I think a lot of people would have them above him right now. I still have Kittle ahead of Hawk. I just think it's been early season scenarios, situations. I'm I'm a Kittle truther. I'm, I'm sticking to it. No, no lower than four. Would you move Hawkinson if you could for George Kittle? And I think you could even get a second added in tight end premium. Is that something that would interest you, Mitch? Uh, yeah. He's a Lions fan. See, it's, it's it's getting it. well. It's hard. Well, Hawkins, it's hard because I do have the Lions fandom built into me, but I love Kittle, right? But you asked me like Mark Andrews. You do Mark Andrews and a second or Kittle. I'm going to take Kittle every single time without even thinking about it. And I think there's that opportunity there. And I was thinking, I was putting offers together for my George Kittle, and I was looking to to possibly not you know test the waters and. Two PPR for tight ends. Keep that in mind. I offered him for CD Lamb. That was a quick rejection. Again, two PPR for tight ends. Najee Harris, that offer is still out there. And then I offered him in a second for Kyle Pitts. It's still open. I expect that to be rejected. Yeah. As soon as it's seen, that's going to be rejected. And I don't have an issue with that necessarily just because of the volume that we're expecting out of that Atlanta offense and the, the defensive struggles we've seen. And like Dan said, the way Kyle Pitts has been used out of the slot, the, you know, out wide, he's not an inline tight end and he doesn't need to be. So certainly a, a benefit there for Kyle Pitts, Dan, I am so sorry. I got to go back to you on Rondell Moore and I'm, I'm mad at myself for passing up uh, the rapid fire, but just to Dan really quick, Rondell Moore, or Michael Thomas today. Wow. It's only an hour-long show. Rondell Moore. <laughs> Rondell Moore, DJ Shark, Dan. Rondell Moore. Gallup. Rondell Moore. Boyd. Rondell Moore. Bateman. Rondell Moore. How many times can we get Dan to say Rondell Moore in a row? <laughs> Brandon Ayuk. Uh, this one depresses me. I'm miserable. Oh. Uh. I have to take Rondell Moore, I guess. Brandon Cooks. Rondell Moore. Tyler Lockett. Win now, Lockett. All right, well, we got to check this. Uh, T. Higgins. T. Higgins. Okay, good. I just just need to make sure we weren't stuck on repeat there. Robert Woods and Chase Chase Claypool. Are you taking Rondell Moore, Dan, over both of them? Claypool. Who's the other one? Robert, Robert Woods. I'd take Rondell Moore. Okay, so Rondell Moore again, not quite top eighteen, obviously with the the wide receivers I listed, but creeping up a little bit closer. And Mitch, do you like how Dan he was okay with the list there for Rondell Moore, but the list I gave you for Mike Williams, he oh, wanted okay. me to throw in Randy Moss, Chris Carter, all you know, some greats, <laughs> Jerry Rice, Mike Williams, Jerry Rice. I don't know. That's gonna be a battle for the ages. Uh, so last thing on George Kittle, Mitch, mm-hmm. what are you adding to him to get Darren Waller today? Has a lot. I think there is a big <laughs> difference. I mean, you asked me before the season, I'd say like, no, I'm, you know, I'm okay with either of them, but how Waller is used and how Kelsey is used is just completely different than Kittle. 
And so I'm willing to add, I actually think it's going to be a player. If I could do Clyde Edwards-Hilaire and Kittle for Waller and a lower back. Pollard. <laughs> oh, um, Damian Harris. That's something I would do. Damian Harris is good, Mitch. I know. He's very good. Yeah, he's good on the ground, doesn't get the targets, but that, that's another conversation. Yeah, he doesn't get the targets either. Apparently, week two, zero percent target share. Mitch, would you add what you believe to be a late 2022 first to George Kittle for Travis Kelsey? Again, two PPR. We're not talking just PPR across the board. Yeah. I think he's that much of a league winner if I'm that into it. Yeah, I would. It's okay. better if you have both of them, which I do on many teams. Well, let's get Kittle out the door for Hawkinson and you're in business, right? All right. Teams too. Now, remember, David Carr does not play anymore. So to wrap up the show, I want to talk about Derek Carr for just a few minutes. Derek Carr, Mitch and Dan. Derek. All right, Dan. Derek Carr will be seen as the biggest off-season startup value across the quarterback landscape when the season is all said and done. After- I have a question real quick. Sorry, Dan. Are we talking about in drafts he's going to be the best value or from a month ago until January, we'll have, we will have seen that he was the best value this whole time? Yeah, uh, yeah like it's you're in a startup in February 2021, so seven months ago, and you drafted Derek Carr at quarterback 30 because, hey, we know the Raiders. They're not going to stick with him beyond 2021. They're not going to win. Well, they knocked off two decent teams, decent defenses in Baltimore and Pittsburgh to start the season here. If they continue to win, and this always goes back to like Jalen Hurts, can the Eagles win? Can he keep that job beyond 2021? If they win in Vegas, Derek Carr, very, I mean, that's his job to lose. So, with that being said, I think it's a fact. You know, I think we need to stop casting doubt on, on Mr. Carr. I think Goff's had a, a softer schedule there, you know, early on. Although I got to give your Lions credit, Mitch. They, they've been playing competitive football and they weren't expected to. And I think it's the same thing with the Raiders. But you think of, I, I can think back to so many Dynasty Theory episodes where we covered the Raiders and probably talked to nauseam about the Raiders and always talk about him as a sleeper. Always ends up coming around to, boy, he had a decent year after all. Well, here he is again. And, and I'm just, I'm starting to question some of what I thought was dysfunction in, in Vegas. And then maybe Gruden's getting this trajectory in the way they, they need to. And they saved a lot of money on that old line and they're evaluating some talent that's kind of working out for them right now. So, you know, I have some lineups where I wish I wish I knew how this would this kind of would go because it would have been gifted him in startups. And I'm, you know, having some early Tua regret as I was aggressive in obtaining him this season. And you look back and Carr was such a bar- bargain. So I, I'm gonna say fact. The only thing, there's a comment here from who I didn't even know it was Cord, Corduroy Charles over there. Goff would like a word. The only thing with that is, and Mitch, you can talk to this a little bit more being uh, obviously a Lions fan. At this point in time, I think there's a better chance Derek Carr is a starting quarterback and, and has that job security beyond 2021. Just a better chance than Jared Goff. And that's the only reason that I would say Derek Carr being the biggest offseason startup value across the quarterback landscape is, in fact, a fact. Goff is probably Dalton next season. It's probably how we're going to view him. 
So just that, that, that bridge quarterback, and maybe that's just wishful thinking on Mitch's part. Maybe yeah, he hopefully. just wants them to go after that quarterback. But are you also agreeing, Mitch? Are you going to say fact here, Derek Carr? No, this is fiction. You guys are missing a quarterback who was being drafted after him, according to DLF ADP. And that is my quarterback, Sam Darnold. That's right. He was being drafted after Derek Carr. And you can't tell me that people are going to want a 30-year-old. I think I actually think he turns 31 going into next season Carr and not want 25-year-old Sam Darnold in that offense. Like, I'm sorry. I just don't see that being possible. Can I revoke my fact claim? Because I, (laughs) hey, listen, it doesn't happen often. But if I am wrong ever, it's rare. My wife can tell you that too. Uh, I I let people know. And I'm going to go with Sam Darnold too. I think that's a really good one. I think that's a really good one. The only, Dan, the, only, so the only thought, and, and I agree with Sam Darnold. I take a little offense to Mitch saying my Sam Darnold all of a sudden. I, I don't know how long I ago said I last week, and you guys didn't agree week, with me. What last week? Did you see me drafting him in the offseason, trading uh, for him on wait, multiple rosters? Wait, I gotta say, and this goes back to one of the what, what would we call it? The theory throwdowns. Yeah, <laughs> Mitch was Mitch was all aboard Sam Darnold even prior to the 2020 season. So I. I Dan was a big Drew Locke fan. I remember yeah, that. I got to give it to to Mitch. There's here, some Dan. old school throwdowns, but and I'm trying to find the league. If you go to our Sunday Fun Day 16 team team league, I took and like everybody and their mom for, for our listeners took quarterback for like the first 20 some picks were quarterback. So you you had a hop on them. You you couldn't slide. So guys went much earlier in a 16 team super flex league than they normally would. But I took Darnold at 25th. Where Carr went thirty third, oh, so but, I aggressively took Darnold, your boy that you didn't take in that league, Mitch. I'm not in that league, Dan. Before Carr, uh, ah! that, that could be the well, issue. Is not I'm not league? in that league, so <laughs> I would Carr hope still that went you later. drafted him before me. But <laughs> I don't know. So, so wait, you, Dan, you got that thought, on me. Dan thought he had the mic drop right there. <laughs> so I, I get I get half a mic drop because I still took him before Carr. You did. You did. So Carr would be more of a value in that league. So, so, and JB, you get half of half a credit on the question. Mitch brings up some good points on Darnold, the, but it depends what league we're talking about. Carr slid in that league, of course, and it all depends on which one gives Dan a better showing and builds <laughs> his case. Final thoughts, Mitch. One hundred and thirty-five times at this point. What is your final thought for the listeners here heading into week three? I'm just going to say trade etiquette. Just don't call out bad trades in the chat. This is the time of year to where you're going to be wanting to make trades. You're going to want to make moves with everybody. Now is not the time to be like, oh, that was a bad offer and try to post in the trade chat. Like it doesn't build anything good. And you might say right now, I don't want to trade with him anyways. In three months, you might need a running back off that team. So just use some trade etiquette. Just try to be nice, and that's it. I mean, in three months, the season's over. But I get your point. I get your point. Uh, I always say you only have you have a finite number of potential trade partners. Why do you want to burn that bridge? Yeah, it's it's also a good thing to be nice to everybody in the league. But from a strategic standpoint, we don't want to burn those bridges. So I completely agree. I man, Mitch is bringing the fire with Sam Darnold. And his final thought here. All right, Dan, what do you got for us tonight? 
Mitch is a gentleman, man. I, I appreciate that. Words of wisdom he he passed on tonight. And it is supposed to be a fun game. And it, people shouldn't lose sight of that because it's, it's just something we enjoy doing. Um, Final thoughts. First, I just want to throw in that, you know, in our Discord, you know, JB came up with these great show notes tonight. And, you know, Mitch's like, oh, I love them. And I'm like, yeah, this is really cool. And JB's like, all right, but we're, we're, let's not fight tonight, Dan. And I love, I'm thinking, man, there's nothing in these show notes that could rev up JB and I tonight. Boy, was I wrong, JB. That was a blast. So I, I enjoyed tonight's show, as always. But uh, keep listening and following Dynasty Theory. I know JB's going to plug it here at the end. As I reflected um, on the free agent pickups for week three and looked at, you know, potential names, depending on the size and scope of the league, there is not a name we have not covered at some point this offseason leading up to the first three weeks. So these are like not new names for our Dynasty Theory listeners. So keep tuning in and good luck to everybody on the waiver wires this week and wishing everyone continued success or a bounce back week three like Mitch requested to start the show. My final thought, I rarely have one, but I'm going to throw one out there. And I know we went a little bit over tonight, but a lot of good content. Remember, tight end premium league with the increased usage over the last two weeks. Take a look at Pat Fryermuth. Do a little pulse check there, a little heat check. How much is it going to cost to acquire? Maybe that's something you want to pursue. And for my contenders, so the, the offseason, I'm always talking about depth, trading back in startups, really accumulating those players, and then going hard on the waiver wire. You know, uh, Tyson Williams. Uh, Tony Jones, I really haven't seen the value spike that we could potentially see, barring an Alvin Kamara uh, injury. Don't even want to say it out loud. But uh, having those pieces now on my roster, now I'm starting to see how the teams are shaping up and consolidating some assets for higher price players, if at all possible. Especially if there's a team that has a hole because of an injury, or now they're 0-2 and people all the time. Mitch, you've seen it. Dan, you've seen it. Hey, I got to blow this team up. Week two hasn't even finished, and we're talking about blowing up a team. So take advantage of that because the values might be on your side there, so it's definitely something to take a look at. We want to thank everybody, everybody, even Packy and Corduroy in the chat here for tuning in. Make sure you follow the show. Make sure you also check out the Patreon where we're putting out fantastic additional content on a daily basis. I'm doing all kinds of different graphs and things that I throw out there. And Mitch and Dan are like, what the heck are you saying, JB? But for Mitch Sorensen, Dan LaMagna, I'm John Bauer. We'll see you next week. Thanks, everybody.